All right, let's head right out to Arrowhead and hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. He'll practice. He did the walkthrough this morning and he'll practice this afternoon. Yeah, I think he'll, well, we'll see. But I mean, I think he'll do probably everything, but we'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, well, I mean, he's had injuries before, so um, he can bank on, uh, you know, that past experience that he's had. But, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll do fine. It's just a matter of making sure that he's safe to, you know, safe as you can be out there on the football field. But. Andy, is it a case of just wanting to see him get through some things today and then obviously <clears throat> next hurdles is obviously how does it respond for tomorrow's practice? Yeah, I mean, is it day by day? Yeah, day by day. Yeah, I tell you, yes. Is there is there one or maybe two things you want to see from him today in practice, just to ensure that you guys are headed in the right direction? Well, just how he how he functions. He did well in the walkthrough, and we'll just take the next step, Nate. I mean, you know, just see how where he's at with it and go with it. Yeah. Coach, when it when it comes to McCole, you guys backed off last week, and it sounds. Like- <clears throat> Just where is he at? Yeah, he feels better than he did the last couple of weeks. So that um, that move looked like it worked to, to this point. And then again, we'll just see how he does every day here. And uh, he seems to be in a good place. Yeah. Andy, you've spoken about this before, but Kadarius seems to have found a unique spot within the offense. And I, I wonder if you could elaborate a little bit on how he's been able to do that, both physically and also with his ability to grasp the offense. Yeah, well, I mean, the main thing was that, <clears throat> excuse me, is that he, um, you know, the, the hamstring was healthy. I mean, that, that was kind of the hang-up. And, uh, and it, it kept occurring. I, I don't think, knowing him now, I'm not sure he ever let it get, get to the healing point because he wants to play. You know, it's one of those things. So um, I'm sure he was saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, it's, you know, fine, but... Uh, because of his desire to be out there, he loves to play the game. That's what it lo- I mean. You know, that's what I've noticed most uh, is he he wants to be in there. So we backed him up a little bit and just made sure that uh, he could be kind of get get healthy in that area. And um, you know, he's been doing great since. You know, knock on wood there, but I mean, he's been doing great. Yep. Did you feel like, or do you feel like he, he had a particularly fast grasp of, of what you're trying to do? He's a complex- smart kid. Yeah, smart. Fix things up easy. Yeah. Um, there's a chance, probably more. Uh, well, yeah, there's a chance either one, but maybe more Fortson than than Clyde. But uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, this week. Yes, I played the Bengals so often in the last year or so. Um, you feel like you know them about like a division opponent at this point. This, yeah, I would say probably both ways. I, I would say that they they know us and we know them, and you know we're all searching for that little extra thing that you can throw at them. So we've played each other enough to, you know, we're we're I'm sure both sides feel that way. And when you Coach, look at you have uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who's of course a rookie going into this game, never been <clears> in this situation before, is starting running back. Uh, what are your conversations like this week? Yeah, just be well. It's really with all the rookies. I'd just say just be you and. Uh, and go play. I mean, that's uh, uh, learn the game plan and and 
don't be anything more or anything less. Just go, go play. Coach, there are people in Cincinnati who feel like they've got something. There's something that they have maybe mentally. Their players have more confidence against you guys. What, what do you say to that? Yeah, well, listen, they probably should. They, they've won three games. So, you know, that's, uh, I'm sure that's how they feel. But um, that's okay. We're, we're still going to, you know, play the game. So. Coach, you said both teams are searching for the extra thing to get on top of each other. <clears throat> what did you see from the last game that put them over the top of you all? Um, I'm <laughs> that wouldn't be smart if I answered that. But <clears throat> oh, sure. How much of that were you disappointed to see something like that? I mean, that's part of the game. I mean, I don't. I mean, that happened. I'm glad he hooked on with another team. You know, so we'll be all right. Andy, I know, like you said, you weren't going to elaborate on specific points of, you know, what got got you a win or a loss. But I do wonder, you look at the three games with the Bengals, is there a, a commonality of, of self-induced mistakes that will be a point of emphasis with yeah. week or any more than usual? Or? Yeah, against good teams, you can't do that, right? So our guys know that. Um, <clears throat> so, and two good teams playing each other, the littlest thing can throw it to the side. So you, you've got to take care of the ball. Yeah. Andy, anything we asked when you placed Case Jacksonville, if there's anything different you've seen from the November match today. Do you feel the same way about Cincinnati? Is it kind of the same things you've seen out of them since it's such, so recent that you played them last year? Or is there anything you see different? Yeah, I, I just tell you they're a real good football team. They, they're not a, um, they don't have a lot of weaknesses on either side of the ball and, or special teams. So, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, th- that part hasn't changed from the first time we played them. They're good, um, or they wouldn't be here at at this round, so um, yeah, that, that'd be it. Andy, it's an AFC Championship game. The guys are going to be up regardless, but do you sense that playing this particular team means something to your players? Yeah, I, <laughs> whoever they're going to put in front of you uh, right now, I mean, that's you're, you're going to be up for the game. I mean, that's a, um, and, and then uh, these two teams compete well against each other. And so I, I think both teams will do that. Yeah. And you mentioned the Pat's battle through injuries before in, in the past, and he's played well battling through them. But I guess, is he more prepared to handle it now as opposed to years past in terms of potentially playing the spot or, or handling it in, in any capacity? Yeah, I would probably tell you yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he had a couple injuries in college that he fought through, but um, he's had in the NFL, <laughs> with all the games that you play, very seldom you get to this point without having something. I mean, that's just how it, how it goes. And um, and so um, I, I think he's, yeah. I mean, he he knows it. He knows that, and and he's pushing through right now. And we'll just see. We'll see how he does here. I mean, you're going to be looking at him like we're looking at him. So, hey, Andy, with the, with the quarterback dealing with the injury, obviously you have to maybe adjust some things. I just wonder where you feel like experience having been the coach for all these years helps you maybe get a quarterback obviously maybe limited or hindered by something into a rhythm uh, to have them succeed in a better place where do you feel like your experience yeah yeah you know what Nate I think we have enough in the in the game plan where you can kind of pick and choose where you want to go with it and uh, according to how the players are are, play, are feeling you know and 
while they're playing. And, um, you know, so uh, maybe experience helps. But I, we have, there's enough in there that you can, you can choose from and uh, work any way you choose to, to go. And is that, just, just a quick follow-up, is that I, I think in previous times you said that there might be 250, maybe 300 plays for a certain game plan. Is, is just having a, a, a wider selection, does that also help too? Is that... Yeah, that's right. You have a variety of things that you you can go to. Obviously, you don't use all the all the plays in the game, um, but they're available. And um, you know, so if you have to go a certain direction, you can go that direction with the with the calls. Michelle. <clears throat> you have such Yeah, um, most likely he won't just do a little. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's gonna. I, I don't think I'm gonna have to go there with that. Um, he's gonna. I might have to pull him back a little bit, but knowing him, I think he's gonna try to do everything, and we'll just see how he does. Um, but I'm, I'm sure. I don't know what that number is, Michelle. I mean, whatever the number is, it is I have, that he needs. But I don't think that's gonna be the issue. Andy, Frank Clark's in the top five career postseason sag <clears throat> game last week. What are you seeing from him to suggest he could have another big game Sunday? And what is it about him in, in the postseason? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's always fired up, but uh, he, I guess there's a little something extra there that he has, but he, he's a relentless player all the time. <clears throat> his numbers speak for themselves, you know, throughout his career, but um, he, it's quite a record. Uh, or opportunity for a record there with uh, with the sacks and playoffs. So you got to get there first to get them right, and so he's had a lot of opportunities to to do that when he was in Seattle and and now here. Last one, coach. There's a lot of talk about the passing game and both quarterbacks, <clears throat> but the Bengals are a very physical team, and, and so are the Chiefs. So how, how much emphasis is that going on in practice? Yeah. So yeah, both teams are are physical and. <clears throat> that's a that's a good thing. It should be a great game to be a part of and for our fans to to watch. So um, uh, right now, though, you're not going to you know go and bang each other up before the game and do that. But the guys know that they absolutely know what you're saying, and uh, and so they'll prepare themselves mentally for that. Okay, thank All right, you. That's Andy Reid out on Arrowhead. We're going to head right back in the next minute or so as Patrick Mahomes will step up to the podium. Of course, the, the news there, Patrick Mahomes did do the, the walkthrough earlier today, and they expect him to practice this afternoon in quotes. He'll probably do everything, but we'll see. So there is he a might chance. Be a full participant. Let's, let's hear from him right now. Good, you know, AFC Championship week, ready to go. How's the ankle? It's doing good. You know, I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out uh, and uh, see where I'm at, but uh, it's feeling good so far. You, you expressed that you'd start treatment the night after the game. Can you just kind of bring us through what that night was and then these last few days, what, what you've been doing? Yeah, I was able to do some extra testing just to make sure everything was good, um, not after the game, and then get a few things done uh, to help the treatment kind of start off. And then the next few days has just kind of been, I mean, all-day thing where you're just doing either treatment or rehab or watching film. And uh, I, I had to take Brittany a few places with me so I can be around the kids a little bit. But uh, it's a full-day thing where you're trying to make sure that you're obviously prepared for the Bengals and the great football team uh, mentally and physically. that might serve you for Sunday? 
Uh, probably my toe would probably be the, the toughest injury. I remember when I had the toe, I was like having to, I had to curl my toes when I walked. So that was probably the, the toughest injury that I, I had to play through. Um, but I've dealt with a lot of them, man. And uh, you kind of have to mentally just get yourself to focus on what needs to be focused on, and that's the team that you're playing. And you prepare your body all week, and then when you get to Sunday, uh, you focus on playing the football game, and uh, that's what I'm going to try to do this week. Is this all at all comparable to the injury you had against Jacksonville a few years ago? Yeah, it's very similar, just a different ankle, um, especially when you're different ankles in the quarterback position, you're playing and throwing off different stuff. Um, so the last one, I, it was the leg that I landed on, so I had to find ways to throw where I could land and keep it in the right spot. And this time I'll have to find ways to be able to push off and be able to still make the throws the right way. So uh, definitely uh, similar in a sense, but obviously different limitations and stuff that I'll have to work through. Yeah, this is the first time, I guess, in, in your Chiefs uh, career that you've come into a playoff game as an underdog, as a, especially as a home underdog, basically due to your injury, so to speak. Do you feel – you feel more pressure. Do you feel like it's, it's because you're an underdog now? There's, there's not a lot of pressure because a lot of people expect Cincinnati to win this game now. Yeah, I mean, every time I walk on that field, I don't, I don't think I'm an underdog, especially when I walk on Arrowhead's field. So uh, I just go in with the same mindset of we're going to play our best football to win. Uh, we know we're playing a great football team that's beat us the last three times. Um, and so we have to learn from our mistakes in the past and be better um, in order to, to win against a great football team. Did you see the video? Does it require Uh, I think we'll see throughout the week. Uh, I haven't got got to go out and practice yet and put myself in those positions. Uh, I've done limited stuff, kind of in a a small uh, small kind of box of what I can do. But uh, I'll push it a little bit today, and then and the next day, and then the next day again, and see what I can do. That not reaggravate the injury, obviously, but uh, to push it to see what, I, what I'll be able to do on Sunday. Any hesitation mentally? You know, considering last time I feel that you want to have coming up on Sunday. Um, I'm, there was a little bit earlier in the week. I mean, you want to you want to push it, but you don't. Like I said, you don't want to reaggravate it or do something that you were in the position this last game and it was hurting. But uh, that stuff that you do the rehab and then you do the treatment for is to uh, prepare yourself to go out and practice and go out and play. And um, uh, I, I mean, all you can do is keep pushing it and pushing it and uh, try to do whatever you can to go out there and win a football game. Yeah, so you have to do it at home, but are you are you off your feet when you're at the house or just doing some stuff at home as well? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been at the house much. So uh, when I'm at the house, it's usually either studying or going to sleep. So uh, it's just kind of prepare yourself, uh, do whatever I can at the building, and then whenever I can get off my feet and get some sleep, then I'll, I'll go get some sleep. Looking at past legends that have played through major injuries, what, like, what's your awareness of some of them in the past, and like, what can you learn from that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of greats have, have done it. I mean, I think it's just about being a competitor. I mean, if you, you want to you be out there, and uh, especially in these games, um, and so all you can do is just mentally prepare yourself and your body throughout the week. And then, like I said, you get the game day. You just have to focus on the game. And uh, that, that's what I'll try to do is prepare my body the best I can and get to the game and just go out there and play and try to find a way to win. Hey, is, is this progress better than, than, than you expected? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, felt, I felt better than I thought I was going to be after the game. I mean, moving on it during the game definitely – Definitely hurt, um, but uh, after the game, I was able to rest it and kind of ice it up and do different stuff like that. I felt in a little bit better position, and obviously the next morning felt a little bit better, and I've continued to get better throughout the week. So uh, we'll, we'll see how I feel today at practice, and I'll get a better better feel for you all, and I'll be able to, I think, answer a little bit better tomorrow. Patrick, and, um, this is a team you've faced a few times, like a division opponent. You guys know each other pretty well. You've been able to run on them. What has been the challenge trying to throw against that secondary? 
Yeah, they're coached well, man. Uh, uh, their defense coordinator, Coach Anarumo, has, has done a great job of changing up the game plan. I think that's been the best thing. Is very game plan specific. Uh, it's never the same. He gives you different looks out of the same the same look, but different coverages. And that's what I think a lot of great defense coordinators do is they're able to coach their team up and do a lot of different stuff and variety of stuff, but still be sound in it. And I think that's what they do well. And then they have great players. I mean, at the end of the day, they have great players that that are that are extremely coachable and go out there and do their job to the best of their ability. And so uh, when you're at at this point in the playoffs, you're playing against great teams, and it's about who can execute at a higher level. In, in, in different ways, for lack of better terms, the Bengals have been a little vocal this week. What's been the messaging in, internally just to not get involved with that and, and, and react and to, to, to that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, we just we just go out there and play football at the end of the day, and uh, all that stuff you can talk throughout the week, but at the end of the day, it's a football game. You have to go out there and play it. And so uh, we believe in just going, showing up on Sunday, playing our best football, and seeing what happens. Patrick, a little, a little related to that, you're a lot more used to having winning streaks against other teams than having one going this way. I, I, how do you how do you work with that in terms of the motivational point there? I, I know you you know you look for motivation at different places. Um, yeah, I mean, we've obviously lost this team three times in a row, and uh, they we've had great football games against them, but they've been able to beat us uh, situationally at the end of games. And so how can we be better there? Um, we know it's going to be a close football game. Uh, every team you play in this position is going to be a close football game. Um, but how can we be better situationally that we go out there and we're able to execute on third down in the red zone and at the end of games in order to, to win against a good football team? This gets in your head in a negative way in any way, right? I mean, I assume it's motivation rather than um, – yeah, I don't. I don't know how it would be a negative way. I mean, if you, I think uh, you don't want to. You won't relax. You'll focus in even more on the details. So, uh, I mean, I'll be. We'll be ready to go, and I'll be ready to go for sure. Todd, they've done a, a nice job of putting pressure on a lot of teams. How much of what they do is scheme stuff, and how much of it is just physically they're able to do something uh, to put pressure on teams? Yeah, I think more than anything, they have no weakness uh, across that whole defensive line and that linebacker position. Uh, I mean, they do a good job of pass rushing. They do a good job with their DBs of rushing from the outside, and they keep changing it up. I think that's the biggest thing is you, you, can't, you can't relax back there. You have to make sure that you're really focused on the details. And same with the offensive line and the running backs and the protection plan. So, uh, I mean, it's a little bit of both. They have, they have great players all throughout that defense, and then they have a great, a great coach and a defensive coordinator. So, uh, for, for us, we have to focus on the details, prepare ourselves the best way possible, and at the end of the day, we have to go out there and play. Patrick, you talked about you know working yourself back into the groove as far as you know being able to uh, not be limited moving around. What's the what's your message to the the offensive line knowing that you may be limited and not be able to move? Yeah, I think you saw in the second half this last game, man. That uh, they, they they stepped up and did a great job of protecting me, and where I was able to throw the ball from within the pocket. Um, and I'm sure they'll be ready to go. But I'm, like I said, it's a great defensive line, so it'll be a great challenge for them. Um, but I, I'm excited for those guys to go out there and accept the challenge. Um, not necessarily. Like I, like I was saying earlier, they're very game plan specific, and they switch every every time it seems like we play them. Um, and so it's one of those teams you have to be preparing for everything. Um, we played them one time, they, they, they pressure a little bit. We played them one time, they dropped A. We played them this last game, they played it more uh, kind of true to the coverages. So I'm, I'm expecting them to have a mixture of all that stuff, man. I mean, that's why they're in this position. Um, and so you just prepare yourself to be ready for it and execute the play and then move on to the next one. Thanks, That's Patrick Mahomes out at Arrowhead saying that he he's actually progressing more than he thought he would. At least the ankle is with the rehab. Uh, yeah, as he said, very little, maybe maybe sleep 
uh, <laughs> this week in particular. So you just wake up, the, the rehab. do rehab, mm-hmm. go to practice, do rehab. Do some more, you know, like just constant over and over and over again. We know the last time they played Cincinnati, there was some trash talk from Justin Reed going in. Well, he's at the podium right now. The success he's had and what are you guys trying to do to neutralize that? Yeah, uh, well, just on top of the, the arm talent that he has, you know, he can make all the throws, deep balls, short balls. It's just he's also very patient. You know, he makes really good decisions with the football, hardly ever turns it over. It's really hard um, to get the gimmies. Um, that sometimes you see quarterbacks give the ball away, but with him, you really have to take it away. He's not going to give anything to you. Um, like I said, very smart to put football, very patient, um, and then even uses his legs at times when he needs to, too. Justin, one of the things that was last, uh, last game, several times you guys had opportunities to make the tackles short of the line of the game. They were able to kind of force through that. I think of a key is that this time around, yeah, huge. I mean, this is the the playoffs, and you know it's a game of inches, and you know there's a couple moments in that game to where you know the ball just was a little bit shorter. You know, the game might swing in a different direction. I mean, even that they come down to the wire at the end of the game, they even completed the slant on the outside, um, just inches away from making a play on the ball. Um, that's just a credit to those guys. They do a good job on that offense. Um, but we started to catch some heat too on the defensive side of the ball from December. Um, we're gonna have to ride that. Uh, train of momentum that we've created and take, out, take that with us into this game, really play our best game of football um, against a very talented and high-powered offense. Justin, this unit of receivers with, led by Jamar Chase, what makes them so difficult to defend, especially Jamar? I know you weren't here for the first two matches. Mm-hmm. The first one still goes for 90 in his return, and he's had, I think, around 400 altogether. What makes it so difficult along with them the receivers? Well, first and foremost, you know, you got Joe, Joe Burrow at quarterback and, you know, he finds him to get the ball. But also they have a very talented cast wide receivers and him and also, you know, 83 and 85 and the way that they run their routes. Joe's not afraid to throw to any of them, though they're not afraid of the one-on-one matchups on the outside, taking a shot down deep. Um, and then they also just get the ball to him in space. Um, they know that a lot of tension's on them and they find ways to get him the ball, screens, check downs, things like that, and just get him the ball in space and let him do his thing. Um, you know, that's a connection that they've had for – a long time now, going even back to their college years. Um, so they know each other well, and that tends to show up on the football field. Justin, I know, I know it's easier said than done, but as Spags talked about how, how much or how quickly you all have to get to Joe Burrows, because it seems like, you know, I think he's been sacked by the Chiefs one time last year, Melvin Ingram and the Ace Championship game, I think one spot called Rockets in Cincinnati year. How vital and how important is it for you all to get to the Oh, extremely important. Um, can't let him sit back in the pocket and just get into rhythm throws because that's when he's the most dangerous. Um, really need to find ways to force him out of the pocket and, and make those plays because you're not going to win a game if you don't get sacks, if you don't get turnovers, especially against offense like this. Um, so got to find ways to get pressure on him and create those turnovers. Looking back at last year, your game against the Bills literally changed the NFL with the postseason rules. How are you guys preparing to Um, well, the first course of business is to try and handle what you can do in the first 60 minutes. Um, but if it comes down to the overtime rules, um, you know, I think the dynamics change a little bit in the postseason now that, you know, if a one team scores, they, the other team will get a chance at it. I'll leave that to Coach Reed on we know which direction they're going to want to go with the coin flip. Um, but as far as we know, if it comes to that, we go out, we play defense. You know, it doesn't matter what the score is. If we're down or we're up, we play defense. We stop them from scoring any points. So that's going to be the mentality on the defensive side of the ball. Justin, just given Chase and, and all these weapons with Higgins and all their pass catchers, how much more elevated does the communication in the, in the back end become and then the safety help that you might need with, with these guys? Extremely. You know, we want to know where he's at every play. I mean, the guy has put in enough times on tape that he's a very dynamic weapon for them. Um, so we're going to have to have high-level high awareness. Um, 
Arrowhead Stadium. You're going to be able to help us out with the noise that I'm sure is going to be there and disrupting the communication that they're going to have on their offense communicating with each other. And we're going to have to do a good job on communicating on defense, um, non-verbally, verbally, whatever way we can, um, make sure everybody's on the same page. I know that uh, it's been about a month probably since you've been saying the rookies aren't rookies anymore. Mm-hmm. How ready are your young guys in the secondary for this challenge that they're going to face? We're very confident in them. You know, they're built for this. Um, we've seen it again last week. You know, Jalen Watson coming up with a big-time play to ice the game for us. Uh, so they're ready for this moment. We're confident in them. Um, and, you know, we're going to go out and play. How important was it that they've been able to go up against some guys like Diggs and Devontae Adams early on in the season? To that yeah, it really pays off with their confidence level here. You know, um, definitely um, it's a bigger stage. You know, the whole world's going to be watching. But at the end of the day, it's still a football game. You still rely on your technique, your keys, the same things you did before. Um, obviously, mistakes are magnified in the playoffs, so you can't have as many of those. Um, but if you do the same thing you're doing, confident in your technique, uh, it's going to tend to show up and good things tend to happen with that. So I encourage them to stay consistent with that. Um, do what they always do um, and come and play their best game. Don't think too much, just go play. Justin, did you see the video of the, the players on the sideline at the end of the game saying we're going to be at Burrowhead Stadium next week? What's your reaction to that? Yeah, I think we all saw it. And, you know, those guys are having fun since they won the game. Um, but we're going to just. Let our play on the field speak for us, and you know we're not going to get into any jokes and messages with them. All right, that was Justin Reed. Obviously, not going to not going to take uh, some of the bait there from Mike Hilton, uh, who was on the sideline uh, saying we're ready for for Burrowhead. Of course, we played that soundbite earlier on uh, in in the week, so I think uh, probably the, the smart route for Justin Reed, Cody, based off of how Andy Reed reacted to the last time they played. Uh, Cincinnati, and uh, he made his comments, and we knew Andy wasn't all that uh, all that thrilled with how that all went down. Talking about how he's going to lock down T. Higgins and everything like that. Yeah, and Andy made it very clear he didn't want him doing that. As we know, Andy is and will always be the let's keep the drama away. Sounds like Justin Reed got that message. That would have been the I'll easiest time ever. Burrow yeah. hey, baby. Hey, hey, that was the clip, of course, he was asked about. Back to the Mahomes stuff. If you just listen to the way he talks and where they are, you have to admit it feels pretty good, as good as it can, right? Considering it is a high ankle sprain and there's still going to be some limitations, and we know that going into it. This is still a big day, though. Admittedly, he hasn't practiced, and we haven't had to do that yet, so we don't know which way it will go. But just as long as he goes out there, feels pretty good. You have to think that progressing the rest of the week is going to go well for Patrick Mahomes. I was curious. Like, I was like, did the line change? <laughs> like, let's go see. Yeah. But it was already coming back towards Kansas City. Because on some sites, it had gotten up to two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. And it was already down to one, one and a half or something here recently. So feels like the injury prognosis has already driven this line back to close to a pick Yeah, I mean, the line movement uh, has been fun to watch throughout the entire week. It's not normal to have this kind of movement happening so quickly. But as far as the, the injury, I mean, Mahomes himself is out there saying that uh, it didn't feel as bad after the game as he thought it would, and he's just progressing a lot quicker than than he believed he would. I mean, those are all positive things. It'll be interesting to see later on today. The full practice report will come out. We'll find out if he, their, their plan is to have him maybe do you know do everything. Like maybe everything, yeah. But if, if he's a full participant, obviously that's a great sign. Then tomorrow the question will be, right, how sore is he tomorrow? Because it sounded like he said he's going to even push and it. And he's supposed to talk again tomorrow. Yeah, and Mahomes is going to push it a little bit, he said, today at practice. That way they'll know because today is only Wednesday. So that way they know 
tomorrow, okay, even if he's sore, there's some time to recover from that. But uh, finding out what, what his limitation is uh, heading into the game on Sunday. But right now, like so far, to your point, as good as it can be right now, it appears, considering that you know you're not going to be 100% on Sunday. But how close can you get to 100%? And then what kind of tweaks can you make? But um, this is why it's different than different than you or I or anybody having an ankle sprain. I mean, he is getting the best possible Treatment, treatment like, on his ankle that you can possibly find, and that is his sole focus all week long. God, just every day. Have you ever done? That? Have you ever had to do like physical therapy? I guess you never really had surgery. Like, no, they thought you know they made me do it like yeah. after like knee surgery, and you're like, it sucks every day. But doesn't matter. He's got doctors making him great every I, single I, second. I do love uh, Mahomes was asked about being an underdog, and he says every time I walk on that field, I don't think I'm an I'm an underdog, especially at Arrowhead. So I, I love that quote from. Uh, from Patrick Mahomes heading into the game on on Sunday. Wouldn't you think that way if you were Patrick Mahomes? That is what I don't think I'd ever be like, yeah, we like being the underdog. I'd be like, no one believes you. You're Patrick Mahomes. You hear that from some players all the time. Usually not the not the greats. Not not the great ones, but you hear that from I mean look, that's basically what Cincinnati's been doing for the last year. It's weird. They are going contrary to what almost every other successful organization preaches. Right? Every other like Mike Tomlin, Harbaugh Andy Reid, they are big, like, let's be quiet. We'll let our play do the talking. We can be confident, but we're not going to talk about the other team that way. Like, they are incredibly careful. And the Cincinnati team has said, even their head coach, they're all like, nope, we're going to make fun of other people, and we're going to talk about how we're great and that we're better than everybody, and we're going to still also do that and say we're the underdogs. We're be like, we're great, but nobody believes in us. And we are the underdogs, even though we're the best. And you're like, this is confusing. I'm not sure which place you stand on. And so... It's they're taking the opposite approach. I think the Chiefs. I think it's very clear the Chiefs have heard all of it. Travis Kelsey said in his podcast bulletin board material. He said they're giving us a lot of bulletin board material. You heard Justin Reed dodge the question like the last time. It's obvious that they care. All right, let's get to all thirty-two in the NFL presented by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. A reminder coming up in about eight minutes. We'll uh, check on the sidelines a little bit with Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. Get his reaction to what Mahomes and Reed had to say. I want to start with with the quarterbacks, though, because after what happened with Dak Prescott this past weekend, where he continued to, to make mistakes after looking great against the Bucs, he, he kind of has shown his inconsistency yet again. I was trying to think about where we were preseason to now where we're at. Look, Dak Prescott uh, is not going anywhere. He's going to be the, the Cowboys starting quarterback for a very, very long time, going to continue. But he's got limitations. I was listing off in my mind, and this is what I want to talk about today, and we'll see where you guys are at. Like, all right, who's top five quarterback, top 10? All right, where? How far down do you guys have to get to place Dak Prescott in the so-called, if you will, power ranking of, of QBs in the league? And based off of now what we know, he's, he's also in this no-man's land age-wise. He's not the old guy. He's not the young guy. He's kind of just... He's this, expensive. He's expensive. Uh, he hasn't... Think of big games. He, he hasn't won big games for the Cowboys in the playoffs. Uh, they haven't been to an NFC title game as an organization, of course, in a very, very, very long time. I have him like 14th or 15th now. He's in the Derek Carr level. Uh, Like, well, I think that's probably a fair category to put him in. Because at one point before the season, and maybe people disagreed, I still, I actually thought he was like number nine or 10. I really did coming into the season. And there were times uh, this season where he looked like that guy, but he's not consistent enough to be that. And so, yeah, Cody, I think, you know, Derek Carr before the season was 12 for me. Derek Carr's probably slipped back as well. You know, Derek Carr to me probably slipped back. Some to, other younger to, quarterbacks to 15 have moved or 16. Yeah. Like, I think Dak Prescott's in that 14 to 16 range now of quarterbacks. If you go through, we all know in the AFC, we just went through the young quarterbacks 
went healthy, right? Like Tua looked better at times than, than Dak did this year. Trevor Lawrence, the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is still ahead of him, of course. Tom Brady, I still think, is ahead of him, obviously. Go through. Brock Purdy right now looks like a more competent quarterback than Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson, I would still put ahead of him. Like, based off of this year, like, you go through it, you got to keep going way down the line to get to Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins is ahead of Dak Prescott. Like, tell me where he lands. I think he's in that 15 range. A guy that we used to put in the top 10 is Russell Wilson, and he's still trying to figure out the coach. It's apparently reported now. The Broncos want Sean Payton. Yeah. They're like, come on, Sean, but you do it. Because Sean Payton has a right to kind of choose the team he would end up going to, he might be able to talk the Saints into taking a little less compensation. But let me make it very clear. This would be great news for the Chiefs. And they're like, how could this be great news? A Hall of Fame level coach going with a quarterback who was completely lost. Yeah, well, they'd have to give up at this point because of what picks they have. Multiple picks in order to get Sean Payton. If they had to just give up a first and a third, you realize that the Broncos wouldn't have a pick until the fourth round if they did that? They have holes across their roster. It's not, not saying Sean Payton wouldn't do that. they go in 2024? God, I would. Yeah. I, and I don't know. It depends on what the Saints are willing to take. I understand why the Broncos are interested. They want the most experienced, the most established head coach after choosing the laughingstock one. But it's okay to go less of a laughing stock than Hackett. Well, you can go in the middle. It tells you Sean Payton even has to be questioning the job though quite a bit for him not to have accepted it. Well, it's if they really won that badly. Now they can pay more I've been than watching a lot else. of Russell Wilson tape if the, I were the, him. The, Wouldn't the, you? The, yeah, I mean the thing with Denver though, their ownership group is willing to pay pretty much whatever it costs to get there. They've got the money. Not every owner can can go ahead and pay a coach 20, 24 million dollars a year. The Broncos new ownership, the Walton family certainly is not hurting for money uh when We're it comes to, to being, you know, the, the cash flow that needs to exist. They could have their quarterback and coach combination next year costing them $70 million combined. Because Russ is For 50, what, like I think. Five wins. Well, Six wins. I think they'd probably win seven or eight next year. No, mm. I think they'll win seven or eight. They'll be, the Broncos will be better next year. Like As much as we want to crack jokes, Russell Wilson will even be slightly better. You're not, like, I'm not saying he's ever getting back to top ten, Russ. Almost can't be worse. He, yeah, like, he, Honestly. They, they will be better. To what extent is obviously going to be the whole offseason. All right, a little, a little disrespectful by you guys to give me such a limited amount of time. Take Make your point all, quick. All the time you need, man. <laughs> really, because I'm getting conflicting. Uh, Don't take all your time from Cody. Say it now. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and lay this out there so we can prepare ourselves for the inevitable. Jeff Saturday is going to be the full-time coach for the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Second interview. Yeah, second interview. Now, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reported earlier this morning that a lot of people seem to believe that this job is going to come down to two people. Jeff Saturday. And Eric Bieniemy, and I have enough history with Eric Bieniemy ling- being linked to open coaching positions to know that he never gets the job. He's going to lose it to Jeff Saturday. He's going to lose it to Jeff Saturday. That's uh, going to happen. I mean, a guy who looked in over his head went what one and seven it, as the interim head coach. But guess what? Jim Irsay likes him. These owners don't always make logical decisions. They go with their gut. They go with the guy they trust and know. And Jim Irsay knows Jeff Saturday. If Chris Ballard's actually in charge and allowed to make the hire, I think it's Eric Bieniemy. There's a connection there. But to your point, Jim mm, Irsay is, is also why Jeff Saturday's been the interim head coach. Jeff Saturday wanted. And he doesn't want to look uh, stupid by hiring Jeff him. Saturday. He's like, look, I, he's so good. We went through a whole interview process, and he's still my guy. You're like, well, if uh, you because here's the thing, we've always joked that how are all these other guys getting opportunities, and Eric Bieniemy's getting passed over? You actually saw this guy on the job. And the returns were not good. So if you still are like, you know what? We like what this guy has compared to the unknown with Eric Bannemi. It will tell us all we will ever 
need to know about the enemy's chances of being a head coach in the NFL. The Colts deserve everything that comes their way if they hire Jeff Saturday as the full-time. They deserve everything. They deserve continued struggles with finding and developing a quarterback. Chris Ballard, as much as everybody likes him in Kansas City and around the league, Chris Ballard deserves to not have a job a year from now if, if he's also involved in that. Like, I'd be trying to leave and take another GM job if I'm Chris Ballard if, uh, if all of a sudden you're stuck with Jeff Saturday as your head coach as well. That is all 32 in the NFL presented by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Up next, Josh Klingler. He'll be on the sidelines at Arrowhead Sunday evening. We'll get his thoughts on what he's heard from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes as well. Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by GAN Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, GAN Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Short with you. We'll get to the random question of the day here in about 12 minutes or so. But let's get back right into the latest from the Chiefs sidelines with our Chiefs sideline reporter for the Chiefs radio network, host of Fesco in the morning, Josh Klingler, who I understand uh, is also getting some of his own treatment on on perhaps some (laughs) some things that need some work throughout this weekend ready for the sideline. Yeah, I was hanging out with my friends at Stretch Zone here, so I just got out of an appointment. I, I had them work on a high ankle, even if I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, what I was figured, that like? I figured, why not? <laughs> I just jump in and have, you know, send good vibes out to Patrick Mahomes. Apparently not that he needs it if he's going to to practice today. Kind of amazing, right? right? I, I guess amazing, not amazing. I'd have just wrapped him in bubble wrap until Sunday myself. But, yep, out there, out there uh, practicing today. So, um, so we'll see. Uh, all reports are good. And we know he's going to play. It's just uh, to what level. And uh, it's I, I'd have, I'm surprised he's practicing today because I I would have just I'd have just shut him down. But I think it's probably easier said than done. He's pretty pretty stubborn, as we all saw uh, in the game the other day when he didn't want to go back and get the X-ray. So not a real surprise, right? I know sometimes in radio cling we can be like blowhards or people are like, oh, you're just doing that to make a point. I honestly believe that Patrick Mahomes is a medical marvel. Like, he's already an elite athlete, right, which puts him in the .0001% of athletes in the world anyway. But in addition to that, I think his body just heals different than ours. He's borderline Wolverine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and I think each person can be different in that regard, too. Or Like, there's oft-injured guys, and sometimes you're like, okay, is that a factor of something they're doing or just a bit unlucky or genes and what have you? I think that I think he's just got good genes, and he works hard, and he's prepared himself well, and – yeah, I mean, just to avoid what could have been a much worse injury, and we saw it, you know, firsthand with with Tony Pollard uh, to not have a broken leg, for instance, in that in that situation is amazing. And then, yeah, we've seen him, I guess, be the quick healer. Um, you know, I, I I hope that continues throughout his entire career because we just don't expect him to miss uh, very little or any time. I don't know that that kneecap dislocation still like that barely took any time. So. Uh, yeah, he's he's a, a medical marvel, I guess. And then that coupled with again a good amount of stubbornness, right? Yep. Um, he he was not coming out of that game the other day, and and what I saw that I thought was pretty cool was that obviously he wanted to get back in the game. He was lobbying to come back in the game, but once they kind of just said, "Look, just almost like chill till halftime. Uh, we got this." Well, then he became assistant coach Patrick, and he was right there with the tablet, helping out Chad Henney and the offensive staff and going through stuff, and he just flipped the switch. It wasn't like 
pouting that I'm not going to play and I'm not going to, I want to get in and I'm just going to spend my time, you know, Hey coach, can I go in? Hey coach, can I go in? No. Once they kind of made that determination, he, he moved right into helping out the, the quarterback who was playing in the game, which happened to be Chad Henney. And it's not the first time I've seen him do that either when he has been, you know, out of games, certainly during the preseason, he is very engaged even when he's not in the game. And we see that more obviously in the preseason when he's playing less, but, um, the fact that he kind of just flips the switch and turns into, I'll be your biggest helper now, even if I'm not on the field, I think it's pretty cool. I did really like, you know, the first one I didn't think of was not Tony Pollard's ankle. It was when Mac Jones acted like he had died over a high ankle sprain. Same injury. Yeah. And Mac Jones yeah, was being yeah. carried off the field like he just yeah. was never going to be able to make it or live again. Yeah, yeah, like this is it. It was great, guys, but <laughs> they're it's gonna over. To, they're going to have to take the leg, yeah. guys. I don't know what to tell and then you. Patrick spiking his jacket because someone – because uh, dad made him go to the doctor's <laughs> office, you know. I mean, it was, yeah. it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny, uh, funny uh, division of how it goes down with each player. But yeah, I, it's just cool that he's out he's out there, and I you know I'm sure he's not going to use it as any type of excuse, and and hopefully we won't you know notice a thing. Tape him up, might be in some pain. I hope it comes down to just kind of pain management because we know he's he's pretty tough in that regard. It seems we're talking to Josh Klingler, chief sideline reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network, and Kling uh, looking at. Uh, how we know narratives go in the NFL and in sports in general. We've already seen, I feel like, the, the the precursor of already what's to come on Monday if the Chiefs were to lose with this Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes conversation and, and who's leapfrogging the other in this circumstance. I, I don't think there's anything that can happen over the next two games uh, that result in Joe Burrow leapfrogging Mahomes other than it tightening up to where Burrow beats Mahomes Sunday and goes and gets a ring. Well, then it, then it tightens up. Then there's there's a conversation at that point. But I don't think there's any way Burrow can leapfrog Mahomes. Well, in the real world, or the or the wow. <laughs> no, I mean, the real, in like the, I mean, the, in the, the Skip TV, Bayless the in the Skip Bayless world. world, yeah, in the Skip Bayless world, everything's possible, and and, and yeah. we know that. Zach but, Wilson could pass think, Mahomes in the Skip Bayless world next year. Because I think I think if he advances. If he beats Patrick head to head, I think that that will leapfrog him in some people's eyes ahead of him because of the head to head. Yeah, you're right, Kling. You're right. Baker does. Baker Mayfield's ahead of him, right? Because Baker Baker's three (laughs) and zero against Joe Burrow, so Baker's better than him too. Well, yeah, I guess you have to still have to climb. You still have to climb over Baker Mayfield. True. uh, Yeah, you're you're right. Everything goes through Baker Mayfield. We we all we we all know that. But no, I think it. I I, I'm with you. I think that if uh, if he but if he beats, I just know what it is. If he beats Patrick Mahomes again head to head, and then especially if they go on to win the Super Bowl, then it's like, okay, now you're at even territory. Maybe he doesn't have an MVP, uh, but he's got a Super Bowl and he's got scoreboard on you in the biggest of games head to head. So yeah, let's uh, let's hope that's not the case. Uh, I think the the flip side can happen. You have Patrick Mahomes on whatever percentage <laughs> foot he is, and he goes out there and deals. And the, and the and the Chiefs win, then you're like, this is one of the greatest performances we've ever seen, and everybody's weepy over over Mahomes. So I think Mahomes has got a shot to to put a little distance in because he might actually get bonus points for not being 100% healthy in this matchup. So I, I think uh, the the flip side is also true. Kling, there's one part of this game that I don't feel like's been pointed out as being as big of an advantage for the Chiefs as I feel like it is. They are definitively better in a playoff game in the trenches on both sides of the football than Cincinnati. Their offensive line has the advantage over their defensive line and vice versa. Their defensive line should be significantly better. Like they are better on both sides of the line. Normally in a playoff game, we'd make a big deal about that. 
Yeah, I, I, I do wonder about the, the edges because that's been, you know, that's been something that's not been perfect all year long. And I think that their defensive front does give me some pause. Um, they only I, had 30 I, I, sacks. They were third to worst. I, what know. Makes, I mean, I don't I know. But I, but I think just being disruptive rather yeah. than maybe getting the sacks because we know Patrick Mahomes is hard to sack anyway, right? So it's can you be disruptive? disruptive? Can you force him off a spot? Can you maybe a limited Mahomes? Can you can you force him to, to run when he doesn't want to? Those types of things, I think they can be effective in that regard. And then, yeah, take advantage of an offensive line that didn't look like they were missing a beat last week with three new guys in the mix. And so it didn't come to play last week against Buffalo. You have to make it come to play this time. You have to force um, some some pressure on, on Joe Burrow. And then slow down the run game. They ran the ball well last week, and so – uh, yeah, it's no doubt about it. The, the keys will be up front who can win those battles because the, the the Bengals were, were dominant against, I think, uh, an offensive line and a defensive line, which I would have made the case probably before the game, were better than Cincinnati's, and it, it didn't come there. They, they Cincinnati pushed the Bills around. If there's one or two players where I, I look back from the regular season matchup and I ask you, hey, they, they just have to be better than they were individually earlier this season is it is it the linebackers because of how effective Cincinnati was with running the ball right up the middle and, and even just the middle of the field in general or is there another player where you just say they, they, they got to be better probably on the defensive side it's that and then the offensive side it's it's wide receivers like be a presence um, in the what in the wide receiver look they, they've done a fantastic job getting the ball to, to Travis Kelsey and getting the ball to the to the running backs I, I do think the wide receivers are going to have to be a factor in this postseason and so whether it's getting I and mean, you can you can these corners are a little vulnerable too, guys, for Cincinnati, right? I think they've been playing pretty well considering, but their top corner has been out for most of the year. Uh, they've got, you know, they've gotten decent play, but that looks like a spot that you can try to pick on, and I'd love to see them be able to, to do that with some wide receivers, get somebody down the field a little bit more, um, have Juju work the middle, and I'd like to see the wide receivers, I think, step up in this meeting. They were kind of kind of not there in the, in the first matchup this year, and, um, you know, Kelsey having – uh, two halves, I think, is is big too because they're obviously going to try to take him uh, out of the mix. So it's wide receivers and probably yeah, probably linebackers, maybe even you know just, just defending the middle of the field, either the run or the pass. Kling, if they're at sideline, let's say the Chiefs win, they are moving on to the Super Bowl. Is there a even if they gave you Patrick Mahomes, is there an interview you'd rather have than Frank Clark on Sunday if they beat Cincinnati? Um, playoff Chris isn't bad too. Um, I remember I had him two years ago. Um, it was the COVID year. Cause I know I interviewed him from the stands. So it was the, co- it was the COVID year. Cause I had to, I had to lean the microphone over the stands and get him on the field. So whatever the COVID year was, it was all blended together sure. now, right? 2020. And then yeah, playoff Frank Clark is, uh, one, a good player, but also <laughs> he's, he's just gold and he knows it he knows when to when to turn it on he turns he turns it on for the for the post game postseason interviews for sure yeah that's what I'm looking forward to other than just the the win and and knowing the Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl is just yeah you on the sideline on the field interviewing Frank Clark and the the f-bombs and everything else flying all over the place at that and nobody will give a damn it'll be amazing that's what I'm hoping for that would be that would be fantastic now I know um he's not he's not bad with me uh, he really turns it on though for NFL Network, so um, I we know that that's the case that he he dials it up a notch for them. So I'm hoping to get in on some of that some of that uh, Frank Clark that uh, they would get. He's been pretty good with me, but he's, he hasn't dropped 
I think there was like an S bomb maybe earlier this year, but not not an not an F. I, I we need to elevate we need to elevate it to an F. The last time he was on our show, we got told, "Hey, you got to cut the interview." I know you're only eight minutes in, but we don't have any more dump button left. So the delay this was is used it. up. The delay was was used. That was it. It's so yeah, he's 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 terrific. When he wants to do it, he wants to do it. It was funny the last time. Uh, the last time I had Frank, it was on the it was a road game. I don't remember which game it was at this point, but it was a road game, and and he was kind of kind of grumbly, you know. And I'm like, hey, Frank, can I get you for a minute? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And and I said, all right. I said, I'll, I promise I'll get I'll get my interview done before the rest of the media comes in, because I get to go in a, a few minutes early. And I said, I'll, I'll get you done before everybody else comes in. If you decide not to do, I won't, because if I'm there doing an interview and the cameras come in, right, right, they're right. coming right to, to him. that. They'll come yeah. flocking to that guy. And so I've kind of worked it out with, with the guy. Hey, if I could get you, you know, if you're sketchy about it, if I get you done before everybody comes in, let's do it. And so uh, and so I, I, I get the interview, and I think I'm done. And I'm like, all right, you know, Frank, thanks. And and he grabs my arm, and he goes, well, wait a minute. I got – and so he, he grabbed me, <laughs> and we talked for another, like, three minutes off – uh, off air right <laughs> and then by the by that time i turn around and there's cameras crews and everything behind me and i turned around to frank and i said i tried to get you out of this buddy like what, what's going <laughs> this on isn't here on me. And he's like he's like no no no, no. I, I i was just ready to talk today <laughs> he's 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 a one-of-a-kind character he's fun all right Kling, we'll let you get back to the treatment on the ankle and everything else <laughs> i know you gotta we don't want to waste any more time for you and hopefully it'll I'm, be good to go for the sideline sunday I wasn't planning on practicing today, so I don't I don't know why Mahomes is doing it. <laughs> there you go. That's Josh Klingler. Of course, uh, you'll hear him tomorrow morning on Fesco in the morning and then Sunday evening out at Arrowhead on the Chiefs Radio Network, our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf, and uh, hopefully some awesome post-game interviews to follow the game. Of course, that requires the Chiefs to, to handle business. Otherwise, it'll be depressing locker room that we've all been in before after big-time losses, and there's nothing worse than that. But let's get to the random question of the day. Random question. For you, Gold, for you, Nick, and over on the text line, 913-586-7610. Of course, the random question today brought to you by the window source of Kansas City. Today, I just want to simply know one thing. How far down the chat GPT rabbit hole have you fallen? Now, now, for the listeners who haven't followed this, it is an AI program that is chat-based where you can enter as much detail about a prompt as you want, and it, with remarkable speed, will turn things back in. So educators are talking a lot about it because you can say write a 500-word essay on The Great Gatsby, and it will turn out a 500 word on the Great Gatsby like that. And they're unique and different, and they can't run through plagiarism software. So it's like if you type that same thing in twice, Gold, you and I both type that in, we'd get a different report. So it's like I haven't used it's a mess. Yeah, real quick, so, uh, it's real a quick rabbit here, hole. Uh, real quick, uh, this has the potential to be the nerdiest random question of the day. That it, we've already ever done. Yeah, it, it already is. It already is. He yeah, mentioned AI and other yeah, things in AI, it. AI, you mentioned nerdiest this. random question ever. In a question about AI, you yeah. were able to work in the Great Gatsby as well. Why did you pick that? <laughs> and educators, you were talking know. about. You were talking about things that educators yeah. are talking about. So, well, this felt like a classic book it's, report. It's book. definitely nerdy, and I don't know how many people listening actually knows what know what it is. Dude, it's so interesting. So I've not used it. I've seen articles talking about it and articles that have said that using that software, it passed right, so, some law exam and uh, this, this AI thing. But that's it. That's the extent. Cody has like the has it on his phone. Yeah, I sure and do. And is using it right now. All right. So like, you're saying this is a dorky random question. I'll say, give me a random question for yeah. three people. Hey, just let us know when you need us, by the way. And we'll be over here. Now, let me turn my mic off. I want to know if you, you haven't gone down this rabbit hole at all. I'm telling you, you could punch stuff into this forever. It is super entertaining. 
I'm not the only no, other I, person. I, you know who's what done I like this. to do? I like to talk to real humans, not right. fake ones. I've asked it to give me a random question for three people to discuss, but make it fun. It said, if you could have any superpower but have to give up your favorite food to have it, what would your superpower be and what food would you give that's up? Not even a good question. Well, that's what it came up with. Do you like my question or theirs? You'd have to give up tortilla chips. Hey, a text line brings up or a great steak. point. Not surprised that the Vorp guy also wants to talk to computers instead of humans. All right, here I, <laughs> I just told it to write a short poem about Patrick Mahomes' ankle feeling better. Would you like no, to know I, what it says? Him, yeah. Well, actually, I was going to say have them write uh, a new song a, for you, a love ballad about Vorp and Babib. <laughs> I can do that too. The uh, the ankle poem is ankle healed. Mahomes stands tall on the field. He throws the ball. No more pain. No more woe. Touchdown fly or fly. Fans cheer and grow. With each pass so crisp and true, victory is all in view. For the Chiefs and their star quarterback, the future looks bright. A brand new start for him tonight. What a nice, what a nice, what a nice lesson. You wanted to write a short love ballad about what? Uh, Babip and Vorp and just base analytics and baseball. I still think, you said there's the plagiarism software, but I still think if you're can't, a teacher. can't catch it. I know, but if you're a teacher, you know that's just not how you write. If all of a sudden you just start writing this way, that's not how you write. But how do you prove it? What if you write that way the whole time? It doesn't matter. You can't prove it. Be like, prove it. Prove that I didn't write this. They can't. From day one, from the second you meet that teacher, you're cheating. You're using AI the entire time. I just, I mean, how can they catch it? So are you? Just, do you just spend your? Have you spent the last few nights just talking to a robot? How many of the? Not, not how many of your time. takes that you've shared on the air today not, were actually? It actually doesn't know. Give, me, by a, AI. give me a take about <laughs> Joe Burrow versus Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. In fairness, it says it has limited knowledge after the year twenty twenty one now because it's still in beta mode, so they can't. This is going to be the. This is what's going to end up, you know, leading to world destruction, global destruction. AI, what's it man. called again? Chat GPT. What's it stand for? Like uh, the GPT part, I don't know. I don't think I really. I thought you would Vorp, know. Hey, what's VORP stand for? Do you know that? Uh, I don't think I do know what that stands for. Off a of hand, someone says, "Write it in front of me." Right. Is how I catch it. They make you write your paper in front All of right. them. All right, here's your here's your ballot about Babip. VORP. It's been good. Oh my god, this gonna be so bad. In the land of baseball stats, two metrics rive, rise above the rest. Babip and VORP, they're the kings. Helping teams predict and invest. Babip batting average on balls in play. Show how often a hit falls in. Vorp value over replacement player. Shows a player's worth to win. This ballot stinks. Maybe we're still okay from the robots for now. Honestly, that's better than the suckiest. That was you put you put a little instrumentation behind that. (laughs) You think you're like that better than that song? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think we could ask this to do a lot of stuff for us. It's pretty Do you wild. feel like you're you're currently it's, being overworked to where you need to start outsourcing some stuff to AI? It is pretty wild that this thing can can churn that out, but like at some point, I don't know if it'll be like right now. You're obviously amazed by it. And can so it see if it'll it. just do our entire show rundown for tomorrow? It can't. It can't operate in real time. It has to be a show rundown from like 2021, 2022. But no, you give them like very basic topic ideas and see what it comes. How like, do we let it do one topic tomorrow? Chiefs pass rush. Do the Chiefs have a good enough pass rush to win the game? What happens if you type that? Who in? has the advantage between the Chiefs pass rush and the Bengals offensive line? Okay. That's the topic we're going to let this thing do tomorrow? Yes. Okay. I will punch Next line's in. pushing back on your you mentioning teachers. 
They said you don't have to prove it, Cody, to say that it's not there. Like, it's not like the teachers don't have to have definitive proof if they think you are. Like, yeah, they just say, I don't like it right at the end. That's not how this works. Absolutely. Teachers cannot just blindly say you're cheating. Yes, that's exactly they right. Can. You're, talking, you're thinking of college. I'm talking about like an elementary, like a, the sixth grader writing a paper. They they know that that's not from a fifth grader. But you know what you can do? They can do you that can in college write it too, and say, but make it, give it errors and make it sound like a fifth grader, and it does that. By the way, I'm dead co- serious. Hey, college Why professors can do it too. papers as if you're a fifth grader? How do you know this? Who are you doing this for, your daughter? She's in first grade. She doesn't have to write papers yet. Yeah, who is doing yeah, it I, for a fifth grader? I, I do agree with the A16 uh, texter. I don't know what school you all went to, but if my teacher thought I cheated. It doesn't matter if they could prove it or not. Yeah, I, I am with you. By the way, the first paragraph it turned out, the Kansas City Chiefs pass rush has been one of the most feared in the NFL this year. Led by defensive tackles Chris Jones and outside linebacker Frank Clark, the Bengals offensive line, on the other hand, has had its struggles in protecting the quarterback. In this segment, we take a closer look at the key matchups in the trenches between these two as Jonah Williams and Riley Reef can they hold up against the Chiefs' talented defensive tackle group. You know, that's the question I've been asking. <laughs> that's what I've been wondering, man. doesn't really give us any answers. Well, I said to give me a topic. I didn't can say you, to give can me you, answers. Um, can you, uh, does it have voice recognition, too? Do you know? I don't know. Like, so if you go right now, type in and ask, like, does it, can it name, like, eight different types of cheeses? <laughs> can it do that? Can you try to try that in real quick? Please mm-hmm, do that. Let mm-hmm. me know what yeah, happens. Yeah, sure. Let's see what it says. So, did you? Are you typing? Uh, typing it now. Go Let's ahead. Let's see who can name Cheddar, more than thirty seconds. Mozzarella, Havarti, cream cheese, Colby Jack. Did I say Gruyere? Blue, Swiss. Hmm. All right, now see so if it can beat that. That was I counted seven there. Mm-hmm. Cheddar, mozzarella, blue cheese, brie, gouda, feta, parmesan, and Swiss were the ones they went with. Oh, you didn't, you didn't get you didn't get gouda. <laughs> Not get gouda. Still no provolone love. Also no parmesan. Yeah. No provolone love. Yeah, tough. That's impressive. And there's your nerdy question of the day. I'm telling you, let's 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 make this a daily topic. Let's let ChatGPT wow. do something for us. I don't know, maybe day. you save that for like your podcast or something. You're on that too. No, start a new one. <laughs> a different one just for yeah. this. Yeah, there you go. Start a whole separate podcast. There's an untapped me. market out there, man. I'm telling you, it's interesting. You're gonna fall down this rabbit hole. You're gonna get on there later, and you're gonna be like, "This can do some incredible stuff." I think I'm gonna walk past the rabbit hole. Just go on with my day. <laughs> Just skip it, huh? Up next, we get to the 1 o'clock hour. We mentioned this with Kling, but the advantage on both sides of the ball that Cody says Kansas City has. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app.